Happy Monday, friends. This is Cordelia on the We Healed Together podcast. Today's episode, I am talking about trigger warnings and getting into the research behind those. I hope you enjoy today's episode. If you haven't already, I would really appreciate it if you would leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. If you don't follow me on Instagram, my account is at Codependent Recovery. All my info, everything is that you need to know about me, if you're interested, is in the show notes. Without further ado, let's get healing. So as I mentioned, today's podcast episode is about trigger warnings. As always, if you are curious about anything that I'm talking about on the podcast and you want to dig a little deeper on your own and you want to know where I got the information as a starting point, I always put the citations in the show notes. So those would be good starting points for you to do some investigation on your own. Today's podcast, I'm talking about trigger warnings. I was really interested in doing a podcast episode on this topic because I started to think I see them all the time, whether it be on some disturbing TV show that I'm watching or whether it be online, on post, you see trigger warning a lot. And I just started to wonder one day where that originated What's the data behind that? What's, you you know, did these trigger warnings help? Basically just a lot of questions that I was thinking about. So this is just something that was personally interesting to me and I decided to do a podcast episode about it. For starters, trigger warnings. I liked this definition that they laid out this definition is from a scientific american article that was actually published in 2019 Um, the definition is statements that warn of a negative emotional response to a potentially distressing stimuli in an effort to spare survivors reminders of past trauma some institutions and individuals provide these so-called trigger warnings that alert that an upcoming program or text may contain some type of unsettling or disturbing content. Where did trigger warnings come from? Where did this originate? They came from online discussion groups for survivors of sexual trauma. So in these online discussion groups, People, these survivors that were having discussions and talking, they came up with the idea of providing warnings in advance so people could talk about their experiences without causing pain to others. That was the originating, the starting point of trigger warnings. Since then, the concept has really 
grown from there and it's expanded. In one survey in 2016 by NPR, half of all college professors told NPR in the survey that they use trigger warnings to prepare students for potentially difficult material. The interesting thing is trigger warnings then were not born from a place of research or adopted from a place of research to confirm whether they actually help or not. That's where this gets a little bit interesting to me. So I'm going to lay out some of the studies that I looked into and that I found. Again, they're all referenced in the podcast, should you want to look into them yourself. One study was very recent. It was from March 2021. Now, in that study, the researchers questioned whether vivid memories of trauma are more distressing if they happen without any warning. The study was conducted with 209 mainly female participants, and they ranged in age from 17 to 50 years old. They were given two separate sessions, and those were two weeks apart. In the first session, people recalled a negative event and then completed a series of questionnaires, including how emotionally impactful the event felt. The second session asked participants to recall the same event again and answer the same question. The researchers also measured participants' reported coping strategies. They were wanting to investigate whether trigger warnings changed the way people recalled that negative memory. They found in the study that participants who were warned in the first session reported a small decrease in emotional impacts from their negative memory, such as difficult with difficulty in sleeping and frequency of other experiences over the two weeks between the tests. Their findings suggest that warning messages may prolong the negative characteristics associated with bad memories over time rather than prepare people to recall a negative experience which is the opposite of what the messages aim for. They also don't increase the reported use of coping strategies or coping mechanisms. Long story short, they don't lessen the blow, these trigger warnings is what that study found. found. They don't lessen the blow of recalling past trauma and they can actually worsen negative memories. In a 2020 study, the, re- the main researcher, Peyton Jones, who was a doctoral candidate in clinical psychology at Harvard University, also did a study on trigger warnings. In this study, they took, they did a randomized experience of two groups of people who had experienced trauma in the past. Both groups of people read series of literature passages one group received trigger warnings prior to reading the passages, and the other group didn't. Then the participants rated their emotions after reading each passage and completed a series of questions or questionnaire at the end. They found little, the researchers found little statistical differences 
between the reactions of both group. Neither seemed spared from any impact of reading it. They found that trigger warnings were not helpful for trauma, trauma survivors, that they did not help trauma survivors brace themselves to face potentially upsetting content, and in some cases they actually made things worse. The trigger warnings seem to increase the extent which people see trauma as a central part of their identity. Now, I found an interesting article where the author Jones of the research that I just cited, I really like this quote. So he said, it's just one of the first studies to test whether trigger warnings work as intended. The key takeaway for me is not that trigger warnings are bad, but that for many years we've been implementing a policy for trauma, trauma survivors without testing whether it's actually helpful or harmful. This next study is from 2019. In this study, researchers conducted a series of six experiments with a total of 1,394 participants. Some participants read a message about the content they're about to see. So, for example, trigger warning, the following video may contain graphic footage of a fatal car crash. You may find the content disturbing. Others did not read the warning at all. Everybody was then exposed to the content. They then reported on their feelings of distress. What did they find? All six exper experiments were consistent. Trigger warnings had little effect on participants' distress. That is, participants' response to the content was really similar regardless of whether they saw a trigger warning. The content also didn't matter, like the format of it. So trigger warnings had really little impact regardless of whether they were reading a story or watching a video. Now the final two studies that I looked at in my research are both from 2018. The first study, I'm just going to summarize quickly what they found. They found that trigger warnings may inadvertently undermine resilience. They found that people who are randomly assigned to receive trigger warnings prior to reading literary passages report greater anxiety in response to reading potentially distressing ones. And that was only if they believed the words could cause harm. Trigger warnings they found increased people's perceived emotional vulnerability to trauma. They also increased people's belief that trauma survivors are vulnerable inherently. Trigger warnings increase anxiety to written material perceived to be harmful. And in the final study from 2018 that I referenced, Trigger warnings increased expectations of negative emotions to warned of content and increased avoidance of the content. Now, as I've mentioned in a lot of these studies, the word avoidance seems to come up. And I have seen the argument that trigger warnings, you know, could be used as a form of consent. So it was a form of deciding, hey, do I want to watch this video or not? Do I even want to read this story or not? Now, one article that I'll link in the show notes 
the author writes, Avoidance is bad. The reason people don't get over their phobias and traumas and fears is because they don't allow themselves to be exposed to reminders of them or the things themselves, and that can increase their symptomology. I don't know, you know, how much I totally agree with that. I think that people should be able to process trauma at their own pace and definitely under the supervision of a board-certified psychiatrist and a licensed therapist. So I'm not here to advise you whether or not that you should be exposing yourself to phobias and traumas and fears. It is something to think about, though, because I do see, you know, just in terms of exposure therapy. So if somebody has a really big fear of let's say spiders or going in public there is in psychology there is a type of therapy called exposure therapy where you are gradually exposed to the stimulus so you're exposed to the spider you're exposed to something you're exposed to going outside a little bit each day or exposing yourself you know in public a little bit more each day so I do get what the person is trying to say like if you are permanently avoiding content that may trigger you, you're kind of avoiding, you know, it's not really healing. You're just uh, avoiding everything. So, you know, with that being said, with all that laying out there, I still think that you should, you know, really move forward processing and facing things that could trigger you under the supervision of a therapist. I... Again, I'm not arguing trigger warning shouldn't exist. I really am. I found this really educational and I was very interested in the topic. I didn't realize where this all started. And I think just having more background information about it is really interesting and what they're finding, you know, of once we know where trigger warning started and what the original intent was and what impact it's actually having on trauma survivors. I think it's important and it's really cool research. I do think more research needs to be done, especially on the last point that I was just addressing. Whether or not you want to engage in the content, I don't think that that has been studied at this point. I think really they're kind of just measuring people's emotional responses. For example, I've not seen any studies where, you know, there's a group that sees the trigger warning and then they decide not to look at the content because I would be interested in learning how that group does. Uh, I think long-term studies since trigger warnings are relatively new. You know, we're not really, we don't have anything to go off of that. Um, but I would be interested to learn more about that, you know, and more about the avoidance side. You know, what is there any negative impact? Is there anything that you're facing when you decide I'm not going to watch this type of video ever again? What kind of things come up there? This is all just food for thought. I just thought it would be interesting to share with everyone 
the research that was out there and a little bit more because I do see a lot online of people like shaming others for not using trigger warnings and I think if nothing else it's really just educational to know like you know you may personally prefer trigger warnings but there's a lot of research that needs to be done in the area and it's not settled for me personally <laughs> like I will say one thing that I like to know is if a movie involves or a TV show involves a dog dying or like an animal dying or getting hurt because I don't like to watch those things and there's not trigger warnings for those that I know of although I think there's some website that will like tell you you know if a movie you're watching if an animal gets hurt or something um and I do practice avoidance with those kind of things. I don't like to watch movies where that happens. It makes me sad. But, you know, that's kind of a... I digress. That's a different kind of trigger warning. <laughs> In general, though, I would love for you guys to just think about this and give it some thought and, you know, something just to, to keep in your back pocket and think the next time you see trigger warnings and... It's a good conversation to have with other people and ask them their thoughts about it. Well, as always, I so appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. My name is Cordelia. New podcasts come out, episodes come out every single Monday. And, you know, if you want to check out my Instagram, I will link that in the show notes as well for you to follow along. The workbook I wrote, everything is linked in the show notes for you if you are so interested. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope everyone is staying healthy and enjoying life and staying happy. I appreciate each and every one of you and I sincerely hope that you have the best of weeks this week, the week of May 17th. Bye friends. Talk to you next Monday. (music) 